Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961 4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Health and well-being here at 2NURFM. We're doing it for our sponsor, Muller Natural Health Centre, and today we're talking about emotional eating, uh, Pete. And it's one of those things, isn't it, where people can feel probably powerless over their food cravings. Yeah, yeah look, Colin, it's one of those things. You know, we always talk with, um, uh, like with patients about, you know, when we think about our health or our, our, our health, like we have a physical body, mm. we have an emotional body, a mental body, and also a spiritual body as well. So... And we've got some um, great free talks coming up on weight loss and, you know, some lot of great information. But one of the really big challenges is because of the high levels of stress these days, like food for a lot of us, and I'm in this boat as well, food for a lot of us is part of our stress response. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that yourself? Like if you've been really stressed, you tend to go for... Yeah, I go for Coke when I'm stressed. Yeah, okay. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, yeah. It's just one of those things, you know. Yeah. I think it just releases the stress. Yeah, well, yeah. What, it, what, it, what it actually does, when you, when, with cravings, like with emotional eating, say um, if you're really stressed and say in your example, like you, you go for Coke, one of the things possibly that your brain's looking for is the sugar mm-hmm. because sugar tends to stimulate a dopamine response in your brain and dopamine is one of our feel-good hormones. Mm. So if you're stressed, your body, your brain sort of says, well, if you give me a hit of sugar, I don't have to stay in this state. So it improves your state like you get out of that stress state Mm. the problem is that you know one glass of coke makes you feel a bit better but there's no limit to the amount of coke you can keep having but the the and you'll keep getting that same response in your brain but your body will be affected yeah okay when does it begin i mean does it begin as a child uh you know Uh, look i think i think it does i think um our first lesson in self-soothing as children after we've been you know breastfed or you know, fed by our parents, our first lessons in self-soothing is when we're able to feed ourselves. Mm. And often the the eating patterns of the family, like in my family, it was all big meals. Um, we all tend to be over overeaters. You know, you ate everything on your plate. So food was part of our, oh, we've had a big day, we'll have a heap of food to to celebrate or whatever. Yeah. And um and then as a kid, you know, you sort of find the biscuit jar and that's always a handy thing if you're feeling a bit bored or stressed or unhappy you'd go and have a handful of biscuits and i think those sort of patterns get a bit ingrained into us Mm. into us that we sort of associate feeling a certain way and that at some level we think that the food will make us feel better which it does in the short term because you get that release of dopamine in your brain but um it doesn't fix any of our problems and it contributes to a lot of health issues when we talk about you know it beginning as a child, uh, you know twenty years on, how do, how do we fix this issue? I mean, for me, you know, it'll it'll be the biggest drama of my life if I have to stop drinking coke. You know. Yeah, well, I've, I've been meaning to talk to you about that, Colin, because um, you really do need to stop drinking coke. I'll have a, I'll work out a plan for you. All right. But um, yeah, as as adults, like um, you know, comfort eating is something like I know for me when I was younger. Food was a lot more a part of my stress response, mm. whereas I think I'll probably always be a bit of a comfort eater or an overeater, but I do it a lot less frequently now that it doesn't affect my weight or my health as much as maybe what it would have done if I was doing it every day or every two days or whatever. So I think hopefully as we get older, we get a bit wiser and learn other stress management techniques, you know, like exercise, 
Um, and I'll talk, interestingly, there's, um, I'll talk about it a little bit later on, but there's quite a bit of research. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. So back to the emotional eating. Um, so, yeah, learning better um, stress management sort of techniques. Mm. Is, it pro- is it more prominent, uh, you know, from men to women? What, what would be your judgment on that? Uh, women generally tend to have more of a challenging relationship food, with food than, than do men. Yeah. But men might, might succumb more to things like alcohol or cigarettes or, um, you know, other, other substances as well. Mm. There's something much deeper going on in your life, I suppose, you know, when it, when it comes to food. You know, uh, you've really got to kind of dig deep, don't you? Okay, so what, what's the problem? What is causing this problem, you know? Yeah, look, absolutely. I'm a big fan of um, uh, psychotherapy, seeing a psychologist. Like, if you think about it, like, and again, it comes back, comfort eating comes back to, you know, our mental health. Like, mm. we've been using food as a, as a, um, a substance to make us feel good since we first started to eat. Mm. And interestingly, you know, when we eat, it triggers a whole heap of neurotransmitters in our brain. Eating good food, people don't always stop to think this, but eating good food on a regular basis will also give us those feel-good endorphins as well. Yeah. So sometimes it's 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 just slowly changing the balance of the food we're eating, um, getting some help if there are deeper issues going on that, you know, we're using food as a, our drug of choice, um, seeing a psychologist or getting some help to actually work out what some of those issues are. I always say to myself, if you know, if I find myself, or I say this to my patients, if you find yourself in front of the fridge, it's a bit late. It's like trying to shut the gate once the horse has bolted. Mm. But um, I always, I always say to myself, if I find myself in front of the fridge, um, you know, not what do I feel like eating, it's what am I stressed about? And often, you know, that's a bit of a trigger to think. Well, hang on a minute, I'm stressed because I've you're, got that or you're um, bored or talk something. I've yeah. got to prepare for or. I'm telling myself that I'm bored or I'm going in to watch TV. Um, so, yeah, so that's often a, a choice or a place then you can make a better choice. You know, you may still choose to eat something, but you might get a piece of fruit and cut it up rather than a packet of chips or, all right. you know, in some people's case, a, a can of Coca-Cola. Yeah, and I suppose we can all tend to do it, whether you're bored, you know, feeling deprived of something, uh, maybe disappointment, Pete. You know, how can we start to overcome this and, and develop a healthy relationship with food rather than cracking open a can of Coke? Well, that's actually that's actually a, a great question, particularly how can we develop a healthy relationship again with, with food? Interestingly, of all the clients I've seen over the years, the, the ones that seem to live the longest, have the best health, they're all lean, they all exercise regularly, and they're not that not that fussed about food. Mm. Food's not their go-to thing. They'll eat, and they often eat similar things every day, but they're not people that really come home and look forward to that bit of cake that's in the fridge or having a packet of chips on the way home from work or you know, having a soft drink or ice cream. So they would, they have what I would consider to be a healthy relationship with food in that food is sustenance, but it's not for our emotional pleasure. You know, I know for me, like I like nothing better than if I'm watching a movie is to have something to eat with it. And mm. it's taken me a long time to try and break that habit that if I'm that if I'm eating, I try and eat at the dining room table. And, you know, if I'm watching TV or reading a book, then I'm watching TV or reading a book. I'm trying not to cross over my enjoyment and in food, include mm. food as part of that. So a couple of tips. Don't let yourself get too hungry as that can leave you vulnerable to emotional eating. So 
you know, a couple of my clients like will be in a bad pattern where they'll have nothing for breakfast, a little lunch, and then they come home and their eating starts from dinner and then they're eating right until they go to bed. So to try and balance blood sugar, you know, these people need to have, make sure they're having a decent breakfast, a decent lunch, and then before dinner of a night time, maybe have a piece of fruit in the car on the way home or a heap of water. Mm. Um, so don't let yourself get hungry. Um, choose foods that give you both enjoyment and nourishment. So as much as I said, you know, food shouldn't be our main source of pleasure in life. We do we do like to eat foods that, that taste good. So sometimes it's, you know, trying new recipes, trying some new foods that you like I say to a lot of patients these days, like eating eating well means that you can have really lovely tasting food that's also health healthy for you. Mm. A lot of people think of healthy food as being the old carrot stick and the, the lettuce leaf. I've happened to uh, have a look at your website quite a lot uh, after doing, doing this program with you. I'll tell you, my friend, you have some fabulous recipes on your website. Yeah, we do. We really um, have a lot of stuff on there for people that you know are keen to try some new things. But, um, yeah, finding food that you love that's also healthy, that's really the, mm. the key. Um, being mindful when you eat. You know, eating should be something that we actually stop, sit down, have food on a plate, chop it up into small pieces or whatever, and then chew well and eat slowly. So never eat on two feet. You know, if you eat standing up at the counter, you're going to eat more than you really need and you're probably going to eat the wrong type of food. Um, so always make sure that you, you even even if you're going to choose to overeat or comfort eat, get the food out, put it on a plate, sit down and consciously while you're eating it, have a think about what you're doing and sometimes you won't eat as much. But just be conscious of what you're so eat mindfully, you yeah. say. Um, try and identify and understand what your emotional triggers are. So you were saying in the break before, like with Coke, it'll be if, you, if you've stressed, if you've got mm. you know, work pressure or mm. a budget or a deadline you've got to meet, that's when you're maybe going to go more likely towards yeah. a can of Coke. Yeah. So it, it, it's identifying those, you know, those weakness, weaknesses. Those, like- not, not weaknesses, they're triggers. Okay, yeah. So it's like people that eat, you know, go to watch TV, and but they walk past the fridge. It's recognizing, ah, every time I watch TV, I've got to have something to eat. What can I do differently here? Yeah, okay. Um, or, you know, eating in bed. You know, every time I go to bed, I've got to have a chocolate. Like, people do that? Well, some people do. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> I have been known to do it in stressful <laughs> stressful circumstances. Of course. Um and once you when so identify and understand your emotional triggers, and this is where mm. seeing a psychologist can be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, and there are psychologists that really specialise in people that have um, comfort eating issues or that tend to overeat. Yeah. Um, find alternatives to food that you can turn to for emotional fulfilment. Mm. Um, things like yoga, meditation, just other exercises. There's um some great emotional release um, techniques. One's called emotional freedom technique or tapping, where you actually tap acupressure points. So if you find yourself starting to head towards the fridge and you're craving certain foods, tapping can help to break. sounds funny, but tapping can help to um, break those emotional patterns or emotional links. And um, the main thing is, the main thing I find with, with emotional eating or overeating for any of us is if it, if it happens, there's no point feeling guilty about it. You know, sometimes people come and say, oh, I, I ate a whole block of chocolate and then I spent the next two hours beating myself up over the fact that I did it. Mm-hmm. It's, it for us emotional eaters, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. It's not something we'll probably ever just stop and it'll never, ever happen again in our lives. But 
we get better and better at management, managing it. And if we fall off track and you find yourself, you're back in a cycle of, you know, emotional eating again, you're only as good as bad as your next decision. So there's no point beating ourselves up. It's just, okay, let's go back to being mindful, having a plan, um, you know, working out what we're going to be eating and, and try and do it in a more conscious sort of manner. You know, we probably don't realize that we do this. Until you've just mentioned it, you know, I, I drink Coke, first one to put my hand up when I'm stressed, there you go. And and there's a lot more to it, isn't there? You, you were talking about bugs. Well, yeah, there's, there's um, some interesting um, new research coming out that um, that our gut bugs, and we talk a lot on this show about gut health and gut bugs, but that our balance of gut bugs may actually influence the foods that we crave. So we've been talking about emotional issue, but this brings up another whole... Um, opens another whole can of worms in that our balance of gut bugs, like gut bugs need different foods to survive, and if your gut bugs are out of balance, mm. then those bugs, through a various um, quite amazing connections, we talked a lot about the connection between the gut and the, the brain, so these gut bugs actually will send messages to your brain requesting you know, the food sources that they prefer to eat. Now, interestingly, um, they've found that in um, obese individuals, they tend to have a lower microbial diversity, so they have a less wide range of bugs. So for people that have trouble losing weight, their gut flora may actually be contributing to why they're having problems because it's sort of causing them to crave against certain foods that they may not crave if they had the right balance of gut bugs. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, are we living with gut bugs or are <laughs> gut bugs living with us? That's exactly yeah. right. Like, yeah, yeah. Are, we, um, are we just <laughs> Who's borrowing, intruding? Are we yeah. borrowing a... Hitching a ride on them. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it may be completely not our fault. Absolutely, it's our bugs that are the problem. That's right. <laughs> uh, now, you've got some very interesting talks uh, about weight loss and kids' health uh, in over the next couple of months. 14th of February, you've got one at, uh, uh, on weight loss. Yep. How yep. do we get there? Plenty um, of seats available still? Yeah, if people get onto our website at mullenhealth.com.au, they can um, just get a ticket. We prefer people to get a ticket. Yep. There's no charge. It's a free event. And um, the last one we had sold out, so if people are keen to come, if they can get on sooner than later. And at that talk, I'll be talking a lot about some of the blocks for weight loss, why people really seem to be having trouble losing weight. Mm. Weight loss seems to be a lot more complex these days than what it was when I started practice 20-odd yep. years ago, um, and I think because of a whole heap of reasons. So we cover those on the night. But also this is for anyone that's lost a lot of, lot of weight successfully but then you know, gone back and put it all back on again. So mm. there's some tips and clues of how to have better results in the future. Awesome. All right. And next week we'll talk about weight loss just before the before the talk. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for your time today. This is 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>